0: I first met my next guest through work. We were both starting out in the media industry. He was a radio presenter and producer and was actually my very first producer of Plan B. I think that was about seven years ago now. And when our working relationship ended, I have to say I was both sad because that was coming to an end, but our friendship didn't. And I was excited because I was excited to see what Riyad was going to do and share with the, the world. In those seven years, he's accomplished so much. He's now a journalist, YouTuber and LGBT plus advocate. He's best known for his groundbreaking BBC docu series Queer Britain, in which he investigates issues affecting the queer community. He's a host of BBC Radio 1's Life Hacks and Unexpected Fluids shows. And he can now add author to the list as he's just released his first book. Yay, you're gay! Now What? I'm so thrilled to say he's with me now. It is Riyadh Khaled. What an
1: intro. Thank you so much for having me, Serena.
0: I have been watching back so proudly over the last seven years. What a seven years it has been for you.
1: It's been wild. I left Ireland to kind of chase a dream in the UK to see if, you know, They wanted a leprechaun for rent over there. That's what I call (laughs) myself. Where did you
0: get the guts? Because that sometimes is the hardest thing to do to Mm. go. Like, this is the dream I want to chase. We all have the dreams. And then, I mean, you were comfortable. You were working on Irish radio. You had a job, it wasn't going anywhere, and you went. I'm throwing that in, and I'm going to try somewhere that no one knows who I am.
1: But the thing is, you you, you do a job, you love a job, and then you see that it kind of, you stop learning, yep. and it stops growing, and you stop challenging yourself. And I'm, I've got such a scatty mind at the best of times that I was like, oh, th- something's got to change, something's got to give. And just at that moment, I got a, a job offer from a big media organization over in the UK, um, and it was... A great city. I had a friend who lived there. M- more money. Not a bad thing. <laughs> let's yeah. be honest. You don't go for the money, but it's it's nice to have. Um, and I thought, it's now and ever. Let's bite the bullet. And it was terrifying. For the first two months living there, I remember... Every couple of mornings, I'd go in for my shower at 5am because I was on a crazy shift in, in this new place and kind of like weeping in the shower thinking, what have I done? I'm going to go back. I'm going to call Mammy <laughs> and she'll put the world to rights and she'll be waiting for me in Dublin airport. And although I'm so proud of my Irish roots and I, I love coming home to see friends like you, um, I think it was the best decision I ever made.
0: It was, but you kept making these decisions, brave decisions, because the first job you went into wasn't the right job for you and you could have stayed
1: Mm. I left after three months
0: (laughs) yeah but I I think that's so brave because a lot of you know in this world a lot of people go you should never quit quitters aren't winners you know what my saying is quitters are the biggest winners I know, because mm-hmm. you know when to pull yourself out of, out of a situation that's not working.
1: Yeah, I think I, I started this job and it was going well and it was a really prestigious organization. As you can tell, I'm not telling you who they no, are because
0: I get in trouble. It
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and it, they, the way that they treated their staff was bad and the, the, the work life balance wasn't good. And um, the type of uh, f- content that I was making as yeah. a media organization um, was damaging my mental health and um, it might sound you know airy fairy and hippy dippy but I'm sorry if I am not going into work feeling excited empowered and ready to take on the day and I leave deflated and down and not w- able to do anything but lie like a zombie on the couch then something has got to give and um, I, I I walked in and I said got it. Uh, I'm leaving, <laughs> I'm out of here uh, good luck to you's um, and I I decided to go full time self employed and try and make it work and three years later stuff happened
0: (laughs) okay that sounds so easy stuff happened but i've been watching you and chatting to you over those three years Mm. and stuff didn't just happen you worked really hard a lot of pitching yeah (laughs) how do you get through those pitchings and how do you how do you get that break to talk to those people as well because a lot of people have great ideas they just don't have the break to talk to the right people
1: um i i used to think that you know someone will find me yeah. of course they will I know I have what they're looking for the, the stars will align and that'll be that and I soon realised that doesn't work no. and you'll be sitting on your tod and you'll have no job and no money and you'll be you know um and, and so I realised that actually if I want something, especially in the industry uh, that we work in, in media, uh, you've got to go out and sell yourself and sell yourself hard. You've got to be a hustler. And um, so I would write out reams and reams and reams of documentary ideas, radio show ideas, um, print ideas, podcast ideas, and I would, I would just scour the web or my friend circle for, do you know the commissioning editor of factual programmes at BBC One? Do you know the programme director of you know, Capital FM in in London. Um, And just cold call, cold email. uh, Hey, can I have a coffee? I'm not looking for a job. You are looking for a job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you don't open with that (laughs) because
1: you you make them afraid. And then also, I was thinking, how can I I show people what I have to offer if they're not willing to take a chance on me? Because you have to understand, they're putting money, time, Mm -hmm. effort, resources from the company into a new talent. A lot of organizations won't do that. So i got to showcase it myself. And YouTube was my vehicle for that. I'm going to make these videos. I'm going to make some of them go viral. I'm going to get press around the world if I can. If, if I do the right formula. Um, and it, they then had a kind of an online portfolio to go, oh, yeah, OK, he's not bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when you say formula, the thing that needs to be at the top of every equation is passion. You mm. can't be doing stuff because you think that's what they need for it to go viral. Yeah. Things will never go viral if you don't believe in the project you're doing mm-hmm. and what you've done. You've always been passionate about.
1: Oh yeah, I don't. I don't go near a project unless it really excites me, and I feel the kind of bubbling um, excitement there in my stomach, um, and I want to drop everything to go and do it now i can't wait to do it and i it's you know it's just a a natural barometer of whether you're on the right track or not um and i think you know writing this book out of all of the stuff i've done the 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 queer britain series the work with you and spin all of that i'm so grateful for it but the book is the one thing that i'm most proud of in my entire career
0: well tell me about this book i love it yay you're gay now what how did this even come about
1: Hilariously, the publisher, um, a woman from the publishing house, sent me an email saying, hey, we saw you on the BBC. We like your story. And we think that... So you- they did find you. They, they, they <laughs> found me but by, by putting myself yeah. out. You see, yeah. if, if the more you put yourself out there, the dominoes start falling. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a calling card, but it's one of the biggest calling cards in the world, being on yeah. primetime. And um, the email from her saying, we have a book idea and we think you'd be the right one to, to do this book went into my spam folder oh, right. <laughs> and then about three weeks later um, they decided that okay we're gonna we're, we're gonna try again and they emailed my agent um, saying hey like we sent this guy that you represent an email and he never got back to us and I'm like ah oh. so
0: always check your spam
1: always check your spam <laughs> you could have a brand a book deal you could have anything in there so I am um, yeah, we we had a chat um, in United Agents in London over coffee and she said, you know, it, it'll be a life Bible for young gay guys and everyone they know and teach, you know, their friends, family, parents, teachers how to support this person during the coming out process and talk about puberty, talk about safe sex and consent and all of the, and your own hilariously embarrassing <laughs> stories in there too. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to write a book this is the book I'm going to write. I, I actually didn't have any desire to write a book if I'm perfectly really? honest. No. Because I'm a broadcaster. I, yeah. I love, as you can tell, I love talking and I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> um, and writing for me was never a, a thing that yep. drew me in. But the minute I sat down, I remember I was sitting in a cafe looking out over the River Thames and I had a blank Word doc and I, I, I was like, now I have to write a book, okay. <laughs> And I, I, and, start. and I just closed my eyes and looked like a lunatic. And I uh, started thinking about me at 15 and what would he need desperately in his life? And then that's what I wrote.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because in the book, uh, one of the opening lines is, my heart sank as my friends asked the question I had been avoiding for over four years. Man, are you gay? Young Riyadh found that really tough to admit. Hmm. What would young Riyadh think now sitting here holding this book that he has written as an older man?
1: Yeah, I gas myself that every day. I was on the flight over here last night and I had a cheeky little whiskey and a Coke and just chilling out, you know, and I was just, I had the book in front of me. I was, it was the first time in a long time where I had time to just check out and relax and be in the moment because the last few weeks have just been crazy And I I got emotional. I was like, how has this happened? You know, I want to go back and I want to whisper in his ear and go, all that crap that you hate about yourself, you are going to love about yourself. All of that crap is going to lead to so many dreams for you. Young Riyadh, it's okay to be the way you are. Just hang tight. They're going to be mean to you, but it's okay. You'll be fine.
0: Because young Riyadh wouldn't have thought of you have a line in there, uh, a chapter in there that's called The Gift of Gayness. Mm -hmm. He would never have thought of that as a gift. Why do you think of it as a gift now?
1: Society, media, the world, parents, friends, whether they mean to or not, they portray a homosexual life as something that is lesser than or a little bit flawed or different. It may be accepted, but it's not ideal. That's yeah. kind of the, the the subliminal message that's always there, and what I've learned over my years, and that I'm trying to get across to, to young people and the parents in this book, is that actually this is a blessing, <laughs> this is a gift, and why is it a gift? Okay. Yep. Yes, you'll 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 come across homophobia in the world. You might come across um discrimination in the workplace and all of that. But what you have is a membership to one of the most loving, embracing rich communities in the world, hundreds of millions of people around the globe are your family by default, automatically. And they are ready to love you and embrace you and bring you in. That's number one. Pretty cool.
0: I was going to say, that's huge. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) all all we want is love. And that number one is based on love.
1: And then the other one is a little bit more abstract. By living a life in a minority, especially the LGBT minority, You, um, like I said, go through some of the difficulties of navigating life where there's microaggressions and you might be called um, a faggot on the street and various other names um, if you're holding hands with your partner. But that process in itself allows you to understand what it's like to be different of any description, what it's like to be a minority. So you have a superpower of empathy is what I call it. And that's why I think... We need to see gayness as a gift. There is a positive element here. It's not all bad. It's not bad at all, actually. The only bad thing—it's not bad at all. No, the only bad thing is how non-gay people sometimes treat them. Yeah, um, and that's not their fault. Um,
0: Well, hopefully, we are starting to change. Because, as I said, (laughs) at the uh, like what people are opposing is love and i just Mm. don't get it because love is the most beautiful it's something we all aim for in our lives
1: can i just say one of the other things people are opposing is you know this whole protect the kids thing we we can't have the kids knowing that about this stuff
0: i don't um, can i as a mum of a three-year-old and an eight-year-old say i don't Understand it. I don't understand. Yeah. I'm teaching my kids about love, and they know straight away that as long as you love someone, I don't care who that someone is. I know.
1: The problem is, a lot of these parents believe that um, LGBT RSE, relationship sex education, um, in primary school, they believe that someone's going to go in and tell their kids inappropriate um, information about sex in general, and that is not what's happening. No what we want for kids here and in the UK and what people are protesting against in Birmingham at the moment is that you say you're a kid and I'm your teacher. I will say to you, so Serena, um, your mommy and daddy love each other. Um, Well, did you know that two men can also love each other and live together and and have a baby? And and, and two women can too. And sometimes some people, um, they're born a boy but their body doesn't feel like it's a boy and their mind doesn't feel like they're a boy and they want to change to be a girl and that's okay, they can do that. And that's it. That's where it ends. And by not allowing a young mind to absorb that uh, idea of equality and uh, normalisation of different types of people, if you don't let that happen and you actively oppose it, I personally believe it's a a low-level form of child abuse because what you're doing is you're setting that child up for a life of homophobia and hatred that they did not ask for Mm -hmm. no one is born racist no one is born homophobic no one is born with hate inside them that is learnt behaviour and when you plant that seed into that child's sponge-like brain when they're young and vulnerable it's going to grow and manifest it starts off as oh I don't know about those people I don't want to know about those people and then it turns into I don't like those people and then it grows into I hate those people don't do that. All we want to do is allow these kids to understand that someday you might work with a gay person. And guess what? It's OK to be their friend. Yeah. That's it.
0: And you may be gay. Or Yourself. You may be feel, yeah. And that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. That is actually great.
1: I had a guy the other day that um, I was doing a speech um, in London and he was in the audience and he came up to me at the end and he said, can I speak to you privately? And he said, no one knows this, but I'm, I'm gay. And he was 21 years old and he's from a Pakistani family and he was terrified. He said, they will try and send me to a conversion camp. It's, gonna, it's just the way it is. What can I do? And I said to him, I said, you need to look out for yourself first. If you think that your life is at risk or your well-being is at risk right now, don't come out. Wait until you have the means in, in your surroundings and in your life to um, support yourself be that with money, with a place to live, or stay with a friend or a family member elsewhere. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta prepare. And and if you are listening to this right now, and your kid has just come out to you, and you are struggling to um, accept, or your kid and you are about to come out to your parent, and you don't know how to do it, just realize that it might be difficult at the start. It might be a sting to to hear that information or to say it. Words might be said by both sides that are offensive and and that will hurt. But in, in the moment that your parent finds out that you're gay, don't take any of the nasty things they say to heart. They are hearing this for the first time. It's it's hard for them. Time is a healer. Educate them. Tell them that this isn't a choice that you made. This is an inherent biological part of who you are. And try and, and, and edge them towards um, services that can help them. The book is great, but also belong to it's an incredible LGBT youth service in the UK, both for the kids and for the parents. So check them out.
0: Can we go back in your life hmm. to the time when you went, hold on a sec, I, I'm not getting the feelings that everybody's telling <laughs> yeah. me. I'm getting different it feelings. It
1: was like, uh-oh, yeah. something's not right here.
0: What? Yeah. When was that? Is there a moment or is it over time? It's and, gradual. And so what happened?
1: Um, so you... You grow up in a world and you see your movies and your Hollywood and, and, and EastEnders and all of this. And it's always man, woman, man, woman, man, man woman. It's a little bit better now. It's a bit more yeah. diversity. Um, So you are pre-programmed to chase that. That's normal. Let's do that. And as a kid, all you want to do is slip into the background and yeah. not be different. And then I started to notice that um I was a boy and I was looking around at other boys in my class and and... It this was completely unconscious. I would catch myself staring and going, "Oh, doesn't he look lovely?" It's, it's, it's as innocent as that. I was like, "Oh, his hair is really wavy." "Oh, his skin looks really soft." Oh, look Look at look at the way he laughs. It's so, you know, Aladdin was my first crush, for God's sake. Oh, wow. And then um, you, you have this fear like, oh my God, that's not right. I, I need to stop this. And so I had a long four years of trying to trick myself into being straight and train myself like a dog to not have those feelings and to bash it out of myself. And um, it's a terrifying period. I call it the PCO, the pre-coming out phase. It's the most vulnerable part of a young LGBT person's life. The studies show that it's around 12 years old that a person begins to figure out what their sexuality is um, and then they don't normally come out until about 16. So I was exactly that. I was those four years um, and that's when they need the help the most.
0: You're trying to go through adolescence and puberty. so much is happening.
1: Leaving cert, junior cert.
0: How did you cope with all of that stuff?
1: Well, I did a really bad leaving cert for one. (laughs) Do you I, understand
0: why now? Hey
1: I'm not the I'm not the most book smart in the world, but you I have
0: your yay!
1: <laughs> hey! So, you know, I I'll rock into school with that. Look what I did. <laughs> um I'm not the the most book smart and I I wasn't, you know, ever going to be the six hundred pointer. Yeah. But I I believe I, I could have achieved quite good grades if I had applied myself and had the mental ability to do it. But I was simply going into school and trying to survive. Now, I know that sounds dramatic, but I'm telling you, this is a story that is the same for hundreds of thousands of LGBT kids in this country right now, today. They are going into school terrified. And all they're doing is they're not they're not present. They're not actually there. Mm. They're physically there. They're mentally somewhere else thinking about how can I change myself? How can I stop people realizing what I am? How can I contort my voice, edit my walk? edit my posture to not give the gay away and not be a target and of course they're not going to absorb any information no
0: that's stressful enough yeah and then you go I'm doing it I'm going to tell somebody how I'm feeling yeah how do you deal with that stress as well because we take it for granted like I'm heterosexual and I just take it for granted I don't have to explain myself to anybody what is it like having to explain yourself and justify yourself when you shouldn't have to it's
1: it's the most terrifying thing in the world I mean you, you actually consider some people do and I, I did, you considered awful things instead of having to commit to coming out. Because you think, how can I how can I possibly ever tell someone this awful, awful secret that I have? Because that's what you believe you have. Um and, and you know that whatever their response, be it good, bad, awful you know you're stuck with it you cannot change this thing this is you so um it's you're you're taking your entire life in your hands and you're handing it over to the individual and you're hoping that they don't throw it on the ground and stamp on it you're hoping that they bring that into their chest and embrace you and say it's okay (laughs) or i know (laughs) which a lot of them do. I was going to say, did you get a lot of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think, oh, no one knows. I've been so good at, you know, Oscar (laughs) winning actor over here. uh, No, a lot of people were like, oh, no way. You're gay. I never guessed.
0: And then you come out and you think, okay, I'm done. I'm out there. People know who I am and I'm me and I'm happy. But then there is the, like, I was only thinking about this the other day, and it comes back to me being a heterosexual, so I don't have to explain myself to anybody. And because, you know, the, the the spiel that we get told out there is that, okay, so you're in a relationship and you have, I'm a girl, so I have a boy as a partner. So even just every day having to come out, that mm. must be stressful because you're you, having to justify
1: It's you. tiring, yeah, is yeah, the word I use. That's it's word, tiring. Yeah. So- and this is this, How a, do we a, this, this is a great question. Initially, when you come out to the first couple of people and you get a good reaction or a moderate reaction, you're buzzed to the high heavens because you're like, "People don't hate me. I'm yeah. okay." And then you you start wearing rainbow across your forehead, and you've got rainbows coming out of everywhere, and you're telling everyone. You're screaming it from the rooftops. I am what I am, and what I am needs no excuses. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of young LGBT people then get um, into the rut of believing that every person that they meet in every interaction, be it the shopkeeper or the um, sales assistant in pennies or, you know, whoever, the bus driver, they have to go, um, uh, thank you for, for serving me. Also, I am a homosexual. No, <laughs> I got to a place where I was like, this is an aspect of who I am. This isn't the whole me. I wouldn't go in and go, by the way, I have a really big interest in aviation. Thank you very much for the lift (laughs) here, bus man. It's not like that. It's like, if it comes up in conversation, if someone happens to ask... I'm more than happy to say, yes, my friend, I am that way inclined. Um, but it, it, there's no point bringing it up left, right and centre. Just as you wouldn't say to me, by the way, I love men. I love men. Yeah. You wouldn't do that. No. You know, now I might presume quietly to myself that I believe Serena Bellissimo is a straight woman just from, you know, the, the stereotypes and social markers that I'm told to look out for, which is, is she feminine? Does she, you know, look a certain way and all of this? And obviously that's... the a lot of crap because people yeah. can look and be anyway. Exactly. And a lot of people will look at me and make a preconceived idea that he's probably gay, maybe by how I dress or how I speak. And I used to hate that, that, oh my God, they know what's, g- I'm giving the gay away without even realizing. But now I'm like, yeah, and what? It's like, it- I, I, this is it. Take it or leave it. This This is is who I
0: am. Yeah. And yeah, telling parents can often be rough. You had a tough time telling your parents. I want to know, though, how you went from your parents being a little apprehensive to them marching in pride (laughs) parades with you. And what I love is they have a chapter in Mm. this book.
1: Yeah. When I was writing the book, I realized that there was this big gap of something missing, and it was a message two parents who had just found out the news and needed some honest, upfront, frank advice from someone else who had been through it and that someone was definitely not me Yeah, because I can't tell the story of of no. the parent. So I said, look, do you want to do a chapter? And they were like, absolutely. And, you know, like you said, the Pride March is taking part in the book and all of this. It's because they have no barriers to their love anymore. They've got no worries. They've They've got no confusion about what it means to be LGBT. They're just so happy to be part of the story. They are the definition of what it means to be a true ally. That is... Because
0: you write about that in here as yeah. well, allies.
1: It's like how to do it. Yeah. because you, you, So the, the, the acronym is LGBTQ, <laughs> lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and, and queer. Um, and then it, it can go on and on and on. But the one of the letters is QIA and the A is ally. So you, Serena, just by existing as someone who loves and accepts me and your other uh, friends yeah. uh, like me, that makes you an ally. By putting me on your show and spreading the message that it's okay to be, you know, uh, friends with gay people, or you know, that's that's allyship in motion. So they just took it with both hands and ran with it. And also, they have fun. You know, who doesn't like, you know, to, to go and party and meet other amazing people from around the world, yeah. dance with drag queens, and um, get to know, you know, my boyfriend and have a good time.
0: There's yeah. some great advice in this book (laughs) our very own Queen Panty Bliss and there's Stephen Fry there's also Courtney Act um,
1: Dr. Ranch. yeah
0: some great advice what is the best piece of advice you've received oh
1: in my life Mm. Jesus Serena she always goes in with the hard ones it's the Oprah in (laughs) you I think I don't know if you can call it advice because it wasn't said to me, but it's something that I've taken as yep. advice, as, you know, as a mantra. Um, Oscar Wilde, uh, he said, be yourself because everybody else is already taken.
0: I love that you just said that. Why? Because every time a new child is born or someone in my life that's really important to me yeah. or they're having a significant birthday, that is one of the quotes that I give them from a very oh, young age. Oh,
1: wow. High five, sister. Still on the same wavelength, all these years on. (laughs) Uh, But it's (laughs) true, isn't it? And I, I take that into every aspect of my life, most specifically into my work life. For so many years, you know, trying to get into media. And if you're trying to get into media now... Don't look at everyone else and think, oh, I've got I to act this way, speak this way, you know, present that way to get into media because I saw Davina McCall do it, Miriam Mary, yep. Mary O'Callaghan do it. They are great at what they do because they are themselves. Yeah. You are given the gift of being an original person with your own facets and flaws and passions. Pull on them and design your own self and go roll, roll with it. it will, it'll do wonders for you.
0: Love it. Talking about gifts, this is indeed a gift. Your book, Yay, You're Gay, Now What? What do you want any person who reads? I, and I think this could, yes, it's specifically targeted to gay boys, yeah. but anybody could read this and take something away. But let's talk to yeah. those gay, gay, gay boys you've written this to. What do you want them to take from this?
1: I want you to take away from this that you are amazing and strong and loved by me and all of these millions around the world that I spoke about before it will be tough for a while that's just the way the world is but it's so worth living for hang on in there because your life is waiting to blossom it's all ahead of you and I'm I'm ready to welcome you in
0: oh I love it I'm not gonna let you go though without finding out what is next for you what's going on
1: well, there's never
0: just one thing, no. by the way.
1: But you know, the funny thing is, I, I said it earlier on to my mom. I was like, I think I've got so many different jobs all at once because I'm so afraid of being unemployed and, and not <laughs> this having...
0: Is, this is freelance. You life. know, not
1: having money yeah. for rent or food or whatever. So um, right now I'm really, really just focused on the book and getting it out yeah. there, letting people know about it. But um, I've got two unbelievably exciting passion projects so they're documentaries they're feature length so they're really long um, in development with two broadcasters um, they're on the edge of getting the green light and if they do I, I'm going to scream, girl. How I'm going to scream. Excited. exciting. Um, and then I also have um, my BBC Radio 1 um, show podcast um, is coming into its fourth season.
0: It's been nominated uh, for an it, award. Yeah,
1: British Podcast Awards has been nominated. Sorry, you can't vote, but you know yourself. Um, <laughs> we can
0: still be proud, though. Yes,
1: and um, I just uh, started at my own production company called The Hook Media, um, and I hired my first team member. So we're a team of two. We're tiny, but we're... Passionate and ready to work. And we're going to be making some really, really punchy, daring, scary, hilarious short documentaries on my YouTube channel, Riyadh K. They're going to be up kind of from May onwards. So I won't be sleeping.
0: No, you won't be. But I love that. I, I want you to leave this interview with a message you'd like to put out into the universe and you want to see practiced more.
1: It's very simple. Live and let live.
0: Let's end up with that. Riyad, always such a pleasure to have you in the studio and to see you doing so brilliantly. You. you go, continue shining as thank brightly you. as you're shining.
1: So the book is available um, online on Amazon right now and um, from all good bookstores. So go and get a copy. And like I said, give it to the person in your life who needs it most after you've had a little read of it yourself.
0: It is brilliant, Riyad. Thank, thank you for sharing you. your brilliance with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, honey.